Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Taking a look at the issues surrounding the health and well-being of our LGBTIQ plus communities. This is Well, 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 brought to you by the team from Thorn Harbour Health on Joy and the Community Radio Network. Feast Festival is Adelaide's queer arts and cultural festival celebrating pride and diversity. Tish Norton is Feast's new CEO and she joins us now. Tish, thank you so much for your time. To start, can you tell us a bit about what you were doing before Feast? Uh, so I've been a small business operator for well over a decade. I was running um, my own mortgage broking business and I was also an operator of three uh, dry cleaning franchise stores under the, the Culture Hardy network. Um, and I was also flipping houses. And um, I did that, all those three things at the same time for a decade, which was quite a lot. And um, then got to a point where um, I'd had enough, but also had been, I guess, worn out, but also quite successful and then um, ended up selling my businesses and and properties and somewhat semi-retired when Feast knocked on my door. What about joining the Feast Festival team was appealing to you? I think it's the ability to actually do something that makes a difference in the sense that I've achieved a lot um, in my business career, but there's this whole thing about, I guess, your purpose and why we're all here on earth and, and, you know, what motivates you to get out of bed in the morning. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to essentially have the last year off and um, it was a really nice time where, you know, I didn't have to do anything that I didn't want to do and um, I'd never thought I would ever have a job again. I was in the process of considering what I would do next and um, nothing was really, I guess, pulling at my heartstrings or I, you know, I was investigating different things, even looking into doing some online marketing or a website business, but I just, it just it, I didn't have the passion for it. And when I found out about the space opportunity, uh, I saw it as literally like it's an opportunity to to be a part of something bigger and also to make feast bigger and better. And I saw it as a turnaround opportunity and knowing almost like that it would be a project and I really had to ask myself after I had some insight into the state of the business is like, do I think I can actually make this work? Because, you know, I'm essentially putting my life on hold to come in and take on this project. And do I think I can actually pull it off? After that experience in business success you were talking about, how did your experience as a queer woman influence your decision to join Feast? T- tell me a little bit about yeah, how your queer really experience played into that. Yeah. 
Um, and it's something that I've been talking about a lot, particularly around this whole advocacy and the fact that FACE probably hasn't had a lot of advocacy um, in the most recent past. And throughout my career, even though I've been like, I've been out, how old am I? I came out when I was, I think, 18. Um, and um, it was 17 years this year, I think, with rough maths. Um, and even though I've always been out, I've never, I guess, been in-depth in queer culture. And it's really interesting that people assume that because you're gay or however you identify that you automatically know all about the queer stuff and all the queer issues. And I haven't been involved in queer culture at all. And what drew me to this was, I guess, someone who's attended Feast since, well, I think my first Feast was 2007. And it was such an important part of my coming out journey because that's the moment when you find, I guess, your people, right? And then that's like that sense of home and community is something that I felt and was so important to me. And I know that it's not the same as it used to be. So my major draw card is I want to recreate that for the next generation. I want people to feel what I felt and know that they've found their people and that they have a home. Tell me a bit about your experience going to Feast early on. Mm, definitely 2008. And I've shared this image quite a lot. Um, it's on the, the Feast um, Instagram and Facebook. If you look up our posts on International Lesbian Visibility Day, you'll see the picture um, where, yeah, I had a costume that I created. I actually made that. Um, and I'm not sure if, if I can say it, if you'll bleep it out, but basically um, a, a giant Volvo or vagina, however you want to call to it. <laughs> but I made that. Um, I had pink tights on. I had I even made a, a, a cape with a giant V on the back and I had a water pistol. And it's the closest I've ever come to being famous. Everyone wanted their photo with me. It was amazing. Um, but just the fact that you can just be wholeheartedly yourself and you're surrounded by everybody else. You know, I'm talking about Pride March here, sorry. So Pride March, you've got thousands of people around you mm. um, all on the same level. You know, it's not just about waving the flag and, and walking down and it's not a protest. It's actually going, oh, my God, there's so many more of us out there, <laughs> you know? Um, and having connection with strangers. Um, and it's, you know, it's they're about feelings and it's really hard to capture those feelings. But it is pride. Like, when you see so many people embracing their identity and doing it as a collective and celebrating together, like, it's one of the most magical things, which is, I think... In Adelaide, um, in the past, and sometimes still now, people refer to Feast as like Gay Christmas or Queermas because it is a celebration and of everyone coming together. And it's, it's amazing. It's magical. 
What have been some of the issues affecting our LGBTIQ plus communities in South Australia? And how does FEAST respond to those issues uh, and advocacy? I mean, my perspective is going to be as an individual mm. rather than my experience at FEAST because I've only been at FEAST since February this year. But um, I feel that the, the weight of advocacy in this space has been on a, a small amount of people. Um, and I feel that's possibly across the country as well, that there are true champions out there fighting for queer rights and they're carrying the weight of that responsibility for a whole community. And it's a lot to ask someone to step into that role because it's it's hard. And I had this conversation with someone recently about why there's not more um, male footballers who are coming out as gay or um, anybody in the sports arena. And it's not just the fact that it's about homophobia. It's the fact that as soon as you come out in a role like that, you instantly become an advocate. Well, there's an expectation of becoming an advocate. But not everybody wants that. And a lot of people just want to be themselves and have every right to be themselves. But in order for us, I guess, as a collective, to work towards a more open and inclusive world, like we do need to fight for the rights. And it's a lot. It's really hard for people to step into that role. Um, particularly when in South Australia you haven't got, I guess, as a supportive government as Victoria has. It's a lot harder when you haven't got funding and support. Um, and so the burden goes to a few and it's, you know, it's really hard to make progress when you haven't got support of large organisations. But a lot of that comes down to visibility I don't think, personally, from my perspective, that FEAST has been as visible and as an entity has been an advocate for our community, which is one thing that I'm really passionate about changing because we need, as an organisation, to be more visible and to create more visibility for our whole community in our whole state, and we need to be advocating for that. Feast has usually been held in November, but are there plans for Feast to do any arts or advocacy work at other times of the year? 100%. Um, as I've come into the organisation, a big thing that we've focused on, and we've just recently gone through board renewal, we're having a massive focus at the moment questioning who we are, what we are, why we are, and what we should be doing. And a big part of that is what are we doing for the other 11 months of the year? Um, and that's something that we want to be doing. We want to be going, how can we better support our community and our artists 12 months of the year, not just one month of the year? And that is 100% a part of where we're going and the changes we're making is around that aspect. How are you wanting to improve Feast's operations to financially support community events? 100%. We're going to be planting money trees. And then these money trees will supply us endless amount of funding. Uh, look, look, funding is 100% the issue for any arts organisation or any queer organisation or any non-profit organisation. 
And currently, we don't have a sustainable business model that can support the festival, the learning we do outside the festival. But when you're talking about business models and funding models, you can't just go, oh, poor me, give me more money. It's actually about defining the projects and the funding purpose. And what I'm really interested in is making that sustainable. So that's also about providing value and like creative revenue strategies. So you don't just keep asking for handouts. And a lot of even arts organisations, they don't have a way of generating income. So they have to continually rely upon grants, the government and donations. Um, So, you know, we're looking at other successful business models to see how we can do that. And at this stage, like it's really early days, we're just investigating what those options are. Um, But, you know, an amazing case study is the Jam Factory where, you know, they provide residencies and then a way for artists to sell their work. So obviously when you have something like that, you've got revenue generation. So we're considering lots of different avenues um, because, yeah, I mean, without funding, we can't do the things that we want to do. Tell me a bit about the Feast team you're working with on the festival this year. I feel, I just feel really connected with the current team we've got. Um, Adam and myself really are like a yin and a yang. You know, I come from a very different world. Like Adam has the art background, the art experience, which I don't have. And it's actually a really good fit. And we're able to really connect and talk about the bigger picture bringing both of our experiences to the board. And Charlotte is such an amazing, amazing ambassador and advocate for Feast. Like, I think she's probably the biggest fan. And the fact that she is just constantly always, always out there promoting for our community and our festival and that she's done that just tirelessly year after year after year, is just so admirable and and amazing that someone like that is out there um, who's tirelessly doing that. Um, And same as Will. Like, just, it's so wonderful that throughout all the years of Feast, we have people who will continually always support Feast and always want to be a part of it. And that's, you know, there's, there's... there's several handfuls of people that Feast wouldn't exist without them. You know, they've been the people who've been propping up the festival um, and supporting it and making sure that it's still around. Um, so I really am conscious of that. I want to honour that. Um, and I've spent a lot of time talking with people in the community and looking over the archives to learn about everybody's experiences and what feast means to them and what that means for the future, taking into consideration all that they've been through. What are you excited to bring to feast that people maybe haven't seen before? 
Yeah, absolutely. I'll touch on a couple of things that I've decided to bring back um, because that's been a, a big part of obviously my prior history with Feast, going through the archives and connecting uh, with the community, hmm. is a lot of favourites and things that used to exist for some reason um, were dropped off. So a big part of that is bringing back um, the front cover art commission, which is something that I was really passionate about doing and also bringing back the bigger format of the printed program. Um, In the past, I think, five or six years, it's been smaller, like A5 size, Mm. and getting feedback from artists, they felt, you know, that their position in the program was quite small and therefore insignificant. They didn't have, a, I guess, a large enough footprint or, or visual space to, you know, tell their story or, or sell their show. So listening to that feedback, I decided, well, I spoke with our wonderful um, sponsors, Bowden Print, um, about if we could bring back a bigger program. They were more than happy to do that. So we've now got a completely redesigned, we've got redesigned logo, redesigned branding, we're going back to that larger format, which means artists are going to have a much bigger space. We also have opened up the ability for artists um, as part of their registration, and registrations are currently open, closing 31st of July. But artists can now take up as much footprint as they want. Before, it was just one level of registration. Now, if you want to have a whole page registration um, so you can really promote your show, you can. So we've now opened that up at significantly reduced rates, I think less less than half of what it costs to advertise for the same size footprint. Um, we have extended the print lead time, which means that the festival will be able to be marketed longer in the market. So essentially we'll be launching the program mid-September. Um, so we're going to have a lot longer time help promote artists and the shows. Um, We're increasing the spend in marketing and promotion. Uh, It's really important around that visibility. So we want to make sure that people know the festival is on and all the different shows they can attend. Um, The biggest changes is a complete restructure of the events. So typically we've had... Uh, the festival open with um, Pride March or a separate organisation. So they've typically run um, their event on the first weekend and we've hosted an after party after that. And then we've always closed with picnic at the end of the festival. Um, Now coming in, obviously having to make decisions to help make fees sustainable. When you haven't got yet got that money tree, you need to look at what are the biggest overheads and, and the value that that's bringing to the community. And Picnic has always been the hero event of Feast Festival. And it attracts three times as many people as opening and of a much wider demographic. You've got families, you've got all age groups, and you've got people that don't want to drink, people that do want to drink. Um, you've got a whole range. And often people bump into their friends and, and that's the time of the festival, which is like it's the peak, right? But it's at the end. So you got everybody coming together and getting excited and bumping into old friends. But then 
that's it. It's over. So when we looked at how can we make it better and also with an emphasis on how we're going to promote artists, moving Technic to the front presents us with so many opportunities. It's the iconic event that is now going to be leading the festival. So the same thing, it's getting everyone together and excited and bumping into each other. But now they can go and plan what they're going to do for the rest of the festival and actually go see a show together. So we're then going to have an opportunity to promote artists and their shows. So we're introducing a showcase stage at Picnic in the Park, which will basically have a sampling of all the shows that you can attend. And it's not just going to be like performative in terms of seeing someone do a two-minute comedy sketch or um, as, as you know an insight into a cabaret. It's you're also going to get an opportunity to hear from maybe someone who's got a book launch and they can read an excerpt of their book, or someone will have an opportunity to talk about their sporting club. So it's going to be a showcase stage available to everyone who chooses to register as a part of Feast this year. We're also going to have a poster positioning within the grounds of Picnic in the Park so people can see physically in front of them large posters of what shows are on and they're going to be able to scan the QR code and book tickets on the spot. Um, we then have another new amazing event. Um, we've collaborated with Mary's, so Mary's Poppin, um, they are also uh, in the dark events and they're going to be running an amazing event on the Saturday. So we're starting now with a massive weekend and we're going to have South Australia's first LGBTQIA plus pop music festival. Um, and in time, there will be a media release um, including the lineup for this event, but I can assure you it will be absolutely massive. Um, so, yeah, we're essentially going to open the festival with a massive weekend, um, two events back-to-back, um, which is going to get all sorts of different people from all different backgrounds coming together um, to celebrate Pride and celebrate with each other. Tish Norton, CEO of Feast Festival, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for your time. Thanks for listening to Well, 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 supported by Thorn Harbour Health on Joy and the Community Radio Network. For more LGBTIQ plus health and wellbeing and much more, check out Thorn Harbour on social media at Thorn Harbour or via the website thornharbour.org. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.